0: Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified, fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bees pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise, Be Hero. Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero. Superior Bees. Superior Pollination.
1: The California Department of Food and Agriculture's Pest Exclusion Branch is announcing vacancies on the Seed Advisory Board. The board is composed of seven members who are seed labelers and two members who may be seed dealers. These nine members must be registered to sell seed under provisions of the California Seed Law and represent the functions of seed production, conditioning, marketing, or utilization. The board also has two public members. The four upcoming vacant positions are one for public member, three vegetable seed sellers, and one agricultural seed. Labeler. The successful candidates will be appointed to serve a three-year term beginning on April 1st of 2023 and running through March 31st of 2026. The term of office for board members is three years. Members typically meet twice a year, but can meet more frequently if needed. Board members receive no compensation, but are entitled to payment of necessary traveling expenses in accordance with the rules of the Department of Personnel Administration. Enforcement of the California seed law ensures an orderly market of high-quality seed in California. The Seed Advisory Board makes recommendations to the CDFA Secretary on all matters pertaining to seed law and regulations, enforcement, seed laboratory diagnostics, and annual budgets required to accomplish the purpose of the California seed law. Individuals interested in being considered for this board appointment should send a brief letter of interest and a completed prospective member appointment questionnaire with a resume to the California Department of Food and Agriculture Pest Education Branch. The deadline is Wednesday, February, February 15th. Milk Movement, Incorporated, a startup company breaking into the software market for milk cooperatives and processors, filed significant antitrust claims in federal court in the Eastern District of California against Dairy LLC, which operates Dairy.com, now rebranded as Ever.ag, under Section 1 and 2 of the Sherman Act and Section 7 of the Clayton Act. The counterclaims seek to stop Dairy LLC's alleged abuses of its monopoly power, which Milk Movement says has caused substantial harm to the multi-billion dollar milk market. The counterclaims come after Dairy LLC itself sued Milk Movement for supposedly misappointing Dairy LLC's perpetuated trade secrets after Milk Movement convinced some of Dairy LLC's customers to abandon Dairy LLC in favor of Milk Movement. Milk Movement has long said that Dairy LLC's lawsuit was not to remedy any actual injury, but instead to harass Milk Movement and to unfairly prevent it from competing against Dairy LLC on a level playing field. According to Milk Movement, the counterclaims documents produced in a case show that Dairy LLC has engaged in substantial misconduct in order to unfairly stamp out would-be competitors from eating into Dairy LLC's market share. As alleged in a counterclaims, Dairy LLC is a monopolist that controls over 80% of the market. Dairy LLC has allegedly abused that monopoly power to force milk producers to execute contracts that bar them from ever working with one of Dairy LLC's competitors. Milk Movement claims that through those contracts, Dairy LLC wrongfully claims ownership and control over its customers' data, which unfairly locks them into being a Dairy LLC customer forever. The counterclaims also allege that these and other antitrust violations, including recent anti-competitive acquisitions by Dairy LLC, have squashed competition and ultimately raised prices for the hundreds of millions of American consumers who collectively spend more than $15 billion on milk each year. With its counterclaims. Milk Movement seeks to put an end to Dairy LLC's alleged unfair and abusive tactics for the benefit of the industry as a whole. Milk Movement also seeks compensatory and punitive damages against Dairy LLC for the injury it has caused to Milk Movement's business. Milk Movement is a Canadian company based in Halifax, Nova Scotia, and Dairy LLC is a Delaware company based in Texas. Milk Movement is represented by Braun Hagee and Borden LLP, a high-stakes litigation and corporate boutique in San Francisco and New York. They represent leading businesses, investors, and entrepreneurs in complex disputes and corporate transactions. California Citrus Mutual has issued a statement applauding a recent win for the citrus sector. Under the authority of Section 32 of the Agricultural Adjustment Act Amendment of 1935, the United States Department of Agriculture announced it will purchase up to $20 million of fresh mandarins and tangerines for distributions to food banks, schools, and other non-conventional markets. Section 32 is an important procurement program that supports America's farmers and provides domestic products to communities and schools, according to California Citrus Mutual President Casey Creamer in a recent statement. As explained in a press release, the purpose of Section 32 is to encourage domestic consumption of U.S. food products by diverting them from conventional market channels. Mandarins trailed all varieties of fresh citrus in per capita U.S. consumption. By 2025, however, it is anticipated that mandarins will overtake oranges as the most consumed fresh citrus in the U.S., according to Creamer. USDA's domestic nutrition program's should reflect this significant shift in citrus consumption by ensuring mandarins are made available to schools and food banks. This Section 32 purchase is an excellent first step to introducing mandarins to other procurement and food distribution programs in the future. In addition, the USDA also announced it will purchase up to $20 million in oranges and $10 million in grapefruit as well. An outbreak of the citrus plant disease, Huanglongbing, has been reported in North Long Beach. HLB eventually kills trees, but trees can be asymptomatic for years. Symptoms can include yellowing leaves, bitter-tasting fruit, and limb and twig dieback when parts of a plant progressively die, spreading from the outer edges to the inside, according to the University of California Agriculture and Natural Resources. And according to Victoria Hornbaker, director of the California Department of Food and Agriculture's Citrus Pest and Disease Prevention Division, the disease was first discovered in North Long Beach in December of 2022, and seven infected trees have been found in the area since then. Citrus tree owners should watch for signs of HLB, such as yellow shoots sprouting from the middle of the tree, watchy yellow leaves, mishap fruit, fruit that won't ripen, and excessive dropping of fruit. The CDFA has the authority to test for HLB and areas where an infection has been confirmed and will go door to door looking for citrus trees to test. To test a tree for HLB, CDFA personnel will take around 20 leaves and send them to a laboratory in Sacramento for testing. If a tree is found to be infected with HLB, it will usually be sprayed with pesticide and removed within a
2: week.
3: JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast and live and virtual events jcs marketing has the reach to inform educate and influence growers in the western united states
0: everywhere you go you see west coast magazine on the, every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that, it's there so they're reading
3: our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect.
0: Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you.
1: Senator Chuck Grassley has announced he intends to reintroduce the Farm Credit for Americans Act. The legislation bans the federal government from allowing foreign individuals to obtain credit and financial services through the farm credit system. The Iowa Republican wrote the legislation with Senator Sherrod Brown, an Ohio Democrat. Specifically, the legislation prevents the Farm Credit Administration from underwriting foreign buyers seeking to purchase U.S. farmland. It would amend the 1971 Farm Credit Act to ensure foreign nationals cannot obtain financing through federal government-backed financial institutions to purchase American farmland. Grassley says young and beginning farmers here at home should not be squeezed out or have to compete with foreign investors subsidized by the American taxpayer. According to the USDA, foreign ownership of US farm makers increased 60% between 2009 and 2019. Increasingly, young and beginning farmers are competing with institutional investors such as pension funds, endowments, and even professional who are diversifying their financial portfolios with Prime Farmland. What are some of the weather events last year that resulted in at least $1 billion in damage? And what might that mean regarding potential severe weather this year? USDA Ag News reporter Rod Bain has the story.
4: The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration recently released its list of 2022 natural disasters causing at least $1 billion, with a B, dollars in damage.
2: The initial list coming out with $18 billion disasters for the calendar year.
4: USDA meteorologist Brad Rippey says 11 of those were severe weather outbreak disasters.
2: Starting with the Texas hailstorm in February, it occurred on the 21st and 22nd of 2022, and then ending with a sprawling severe weather outbreak that occurred in much of the northern and central United States from July 22nd to 24th.
4: Even more significant, according to Rippey.
2: That may be a bit of a warning to us that we could go through another very active year in 2023, given the continuing La Nina conditions, active storm track, And so the potential for more high wind events, large hail, isolated tornado outbreaks, even derecho-type events.
4: I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C.
1: Another year, another Congress, another Congress following another year without Senate passage of the Farm Workforce Modernization Act. For some, that's a hard pill to swallow. Before the year in break last month, U.S. Representative Dan Newhouse sounded cautiously optimistic. Now with a new year, Congress answers are still needed for the act and for ag labor reform.
4: Well, the last thing you said, the need for labor reform is just as critical as ever. And so my interest in getting getting this done is as high as it's ever been.
1: But the challenge, Newhouse says, is being able to get enough bipartisan support in the Senate.
4: We did get it through the House twice, as a matter of fact, two Congresses in a row, and it continues to stall in the Senate. With the reason being given that by many of my Senate colleagues that while we have a crisis at the southern border, they just cannot see their way to be able to move forward and pass immigration-related legislation. That's very frustrating because, as we've talked about before, the Farm Workforce Modernization Act is actually part of the solution to getting control of our southern border.
1: Moving forward, Newhouse says the bill will at some point be reintroduced in the House.
4: The good thing is that there's, uh, interestingly, a renewed interest in the Senate. There's a bipartisan group of senators that have been down the border this week, as a matter of fact, talking about the need to improve not only the situation at the border, but immigration policies overall in our country. It's going to be more difficult. There's no question about it, but I think we have to keep trying and I will continue to keep trying to get this done.
1: Newhouse says without an adequate workforce, crops will go unharvested and the food supply chain is placed further at risk. Dairy cattle breeders selecting for higher-performing genetics have an opportunity to not only increase their bottom line, but also the sustainability of the U.S. dairy industry. Results from a research study released by Zoetis shows a correlation. Holstein USA's Miles Ramsey has the story.
2: For many dairy farmers, it's a decision that comes naturally. Breeding for elite registered Holstein genetics that can position their herd for greater production, efficiency, and profitability for the future. A recent study from Zoetis also helps show the positive effect genetic selection can have on environmental sustainability outcomes. Principal scientist Brenda Fessenden explains. And
3: what we found is those higher genetic merit animals that are making more milk and living longer and are healthier have, have lower antibiotic intensity usage, have lower methane intensity.
2: The research, which included almost 13,000 head of Holstein dairy cows, explored how animals selected through the Dairy Wellness Profit Index, calculated through the Zoetis Clarify Plus Genomic Test, brought value back to the farm and beyond.
3: When we did that first round of the DWP or Dairy Wellness Profit validation, we found that those high genetic merit animals were healthier. Right? We were seeing less mastitis, less lameness, less metritis, Right, They were just healthier overall.
2: Healthier animals means less antibiotic usage and greater longevity in the...
0: Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together.
5: As we continue our conversations about pollination before the bees really start to work in orchards, it's important to keep pollinator health in mind. The bees can't do their job if they're not healthy, and there's a number of areas to consider when protecting these pollinators. At the very least, bees need sustenance to stay active. Of course, pollen and nectar are what bees feed off of in general, but the little guys also need water like any other biological organism.
6: What we kind of tend to forget about, which we shouldn't be forgetting about, is water. So the bees need access to clean water as well. Those are the three um, main components of nutrition that the bees need. Um, I should add that pollen is really important because pollen is what the bees use to convert uh, um, into brood food essentially. So in order to have healthy and developing brood, which is developing bees, Uh, bees need access to quite a bit of pollen. And almond pollen is actually quite nutritious and does provide good nutrition to the bees. So that's really great. However, um, what is also really beneficial to the bees is to have the variety of pollen sources. So there's Research that's been done, and it shows over and over again, that the more diversity of food sources the bees have access to, the healthier they are. They are better able to deal with pesticide exposure, pest and pathogen exposure. So there's a great uh, push uh, for growers to plant cover crops, uh, if at all possible, in their orchards. And there are initiatives in, um, especially within the almond, um, I would say almond realm and almond space where the growers can get um, access to specific forage for bees. For example, Project APISM offers a program called Seeds for Bees where growers can reach out to them, um, have them provide seeds and actually provide information on how to best plant these cover crops. Um, so the bees can access it, especially, this is really important during the time of almond pollination, I'm sure you're aware, because there's not really much out there else that's uh, blooming. So nutrition, quite important. And as I mentioned, water is also really important. So keeping those water sources available, um, and that's usually done sort of a a conversation between a beekeeper and a grower, um, and making sure that that Water source is protected from any contamination from, for example, potential pesticide application when necessary.
5: That was Alina Nino, Associate Professor of Cooperative Extension for Apiculture at UC Davis. And she noted that while bees are quite resourceful, the water for them can't just go anywhere in the orchard.
6: And our um, apiaries will use barrels that we can place uh, with water around the apiary. Um, So having bees have access to that water fairly close enough to their um, hives is important. But again, they're very resourceful. They'll go find water wherever they can. That's why we end up often with phone calls from homeowners. The bees are invading my pool. (laughs) So we really try to provide that water close by um, to uh, the hives. Um, Again, depends obviously on the orchard um, configuration. Um, and where the hives are placed uh, within, you know, several hundred feet is fine. They will find that water usually. One thing also important to mention is that they need something to land on to access that water. So you can just put a barrel on there and hope for the best. Um, we'll often put um, things like um, leaves that can float on top, dry branches, or even the packing peanuts um, that will float on top of the water in the barrel and sort of move with the level of the water that helps the bees be able to land on there and actually collect the water that they need.
5: Keeping track of where and when pesticides are sprayed is another provision to take when protecting pollinators and with integrated pest management, sometimes including multiple pesticides with different modes of action that may be harmful to honeybees. This is imperative.
6: Turning off those pesticide application sprayers when you're passing by the hives is really important. Um, And then there are really important steps. I think the most important one probably being a communication between beekeepers and growers and then pesticide um, applicators as well. Um, So everybody knows when things are being sprayed and what things are being sprayed. Um, So if there are any modifications that need to take place, they can be done. Um, in a timely fashion. So Almond Board of California has a great um, brochure and a, a manual, if you will, for keeping bees safe during almond pollination specifically. So a few other things that they talk about in those uh, in that brochure is also, Applying pesticides that might be less harmful to bees. Um, UC IPM website has alternative options that you have, growers can research or pesticide applicators can research and see if there's anything, um, an alternative pesticide that would be safer for bees that could be used in place, whatever they were planning on using. Um, for example, because we don't know of all of the synergistic effects potentially on the bees, The recommendation is not to mix different classes of pesticides, so, for example, fungicides with insecticides. Um, Another good practice is to spray, if at all possible, when the bees are not flying in the orchards, Um, so when they are not accessing those blooms. Um, And as I said, there's a great resource online um, Almond Board of California has put out, and it has been updated and it's a brochure that was worked on by not just the growers but beekeepers, pesticide applicators, researchers. So it's a collaborative output um, that I think has taken everybody's um, needs in consideration.
5: Hive placement within an orchard also affects optimal pollination and efficiency.
6: You want to make sure that you're Uh, placing hives in an area that is, for example, not easily flooded, especially that's important to note with the floods that we've been having lately. Um, So area that is not easily flooded, area that can be easily accessed if the hives do need to be moved. Um, The recommendation is also to place hives in such a fashion that they are exposed to the early morning sun, so east or southeast facing Um, Placement is um, can be very beneficial because it can get those bees out of the hive uh, earlier in the morning. Um, And then, of course, if possible, hives should be spread throughout the orchard because the bees do tend to have that mentality of, okay, I found the food source. I'm going to stick to it while I deplete it. So it allows a little bit more um, access of bees or easier access of bees to those flowers that need to be pollinated. So it's sort of spreading out. And again, it's really difficult to say a specific configuration because everybody's um, orchard and orchard blocks are different, right? But spreading out hives around the orchard, if at all possible, can be beneficial in getting those bees out there and pollinating as many uh, blooms as possible.
5: For more information, the Almond Board of California developed a guide for growers and beekeepers titled Honey Bee Best Management Practices for California Almonds, as well as the Cover Crop Guide in collaboration with UC Davis and University of California Cooperative Extension. Links for both are down below. You're listening to My Ag Life. I'm Taylor Chalstrom.
3: JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry through print magazines, digital media podcast and live and virtual events jcs marketing has the reach to inform educate and influence growers in the western united states
0: everywhere you go you see west coast not magazine on the, every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that is there so they're reading
3: our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect.
1: That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing team, thank you for listening.